Welcome to the Ether. Today is Friday, January 6th, 2023. Today on the Ether, the Wrecked Gang hosts an AMA for Hyper Liquid X, decentralized order book built on Tendermint. Let's take a listen. Blame Elon for the bad audio or something. Yeah, seriously. I will. I will. Cool. Um, do we want to give people a minute? Um... Yeah, let me tweet giveaway? it. Let me tweet it too, and I'll mention the giveaway in the in the title as well. We we don't, you know, I I want people to be here because they want to learn about Hyperliquid. Um, I think a lot of our community members participated in the trading competition that you guys had uh, before the holidays. I got liquidated yeah. on day two. I think most of the community members got liquidated on day two, which was really fun. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> that yeah, that was that was uh, right in line with your brand, right? So, um, getting wrecked as quickly as possible. <laughs> you know, we, we, it was it was basically we wanted to go all in because no none of us have any skills in trading, so. <laughs> Just gamble, right? And I think uh, I was in the top 10 and a few other friends were like really doing well after the first day because their leverage, you know, we use max leverage and it played out well. Uh, but the second day, then, then <laughs> it was done. Yeah, sometimes you got to just, you know, take your chips off the table. But I think that's totally the right approach to a trading competition, right? It's like you don't get anything for being in like 30th place. So it's all in. Yeah, definitely right about that. Let me just do one last tweet, and uh, Zuli, we'll get started afterwards, okay? Yeah, cool. Um, actually, Jeff, can you maybe give us some data on how many people got liquidated? Because I think it was like you guys were having a lot of fun with how fast people got liquidated on that first competition, and then also just how many people ended up getting liquidated. <laughs> yeah, I don't have the exact number, but... Um, certainly on the, by the end, it was like more than half the people were liquidated out of the 200 or so participants. Um, I think at the very end, people just kind of put the pedal to the metal and, uh, last, last 10 minutes had crazy activity and actually the top 10 sw switched around a lot, um, as people were like trying to out trade each other for the number one spot. Um, but even at the beginning, yeah, liquidation, we had a little like sound effect every time someone got liquidated and it was kind of like going at a steady clip um, until the end and it was like just like ripping so like you guys had a sound effect in the office just letting you know people were getting liquidated uh, yeah with, with a slack notification so we hooked it up to uh so we could just see every time something important happened that's fun that's yeah. fun um wow like half half of the participants getting liquidated is huge though. yeah really stress <laughs> testing our liquidation engine not not exactly the thing we thought we were stress testing but i guess good to know that it worked 
cool stuff. Um, yeah, I'll just wait for Zerker a bit, and then we can get started a bit more with uh, introing everything and letting people know what's up. Sounds great. Yeah, I, I hope that tweet came out correct. And um, let, let us get started. Okay. Oh, yes, it did. Okay, it's good. Thanks. <laughs> we'll do the giveaway at the end. That's usually how these things work. Or we'll do it in the middle. You don't know. Got to keep the people on their toes. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much. So I'm Zerker from uh, Rec Gang, and we also have Exulian with us, who's a DeFi lead uh, with Rec Gang. Also an awesome YouTuber and contributor to the Burbs Nest. So very knowledgeable in the DeFi space. And today we have the pleasure of welcoming Jeff, who works at Hyperliquid. Uh, some of you already know that they're building out a DEX and have participated in the trading competition. But I think what's most exciting is all the innovation that you guys are bringing uh, to the DEX, uh, I guess, meta right now. So go ahead, Jeff. Hey guys, uh, thanks for tuning in and listening to us. Uh, this is our first spaces, so we're super excited to kind of, uh, you know, get our get our name out there, kind of like tell you guys what we're, what we're all working on. Um, and also thank you guys for participating in the competition. You guys actually represented a pretty big um, fraction of our like participants um, overall. So it was super cool to see you guys using the platform and kind of having fun with it. Um, yeah, and uh, I guess I can give a quick intro for myself uh, and, the, and the protocol, uh, and then we can, um, I guess, do some like freeform Q&A. Does that sound good? Yeah, so usually, you know, give us a little bit of background about yourself and then maybe talk to me about um, why you guys decided to launch Hyperliquid. What was kind of the mission and vision behind uh, creating this, this platform? Sounds great. Um, yeah, so for myself, uh, my name is Jeff. Um, I'm the founder of Hyperliquid. Uh, my background is pretty unique in the building space, I think. Um, so I'm an engineer and we're a bunch of engineers uh, by trade. And we kind of got started out in crypto um, just by playing around with the markets, you know, writing some simple bots and um, seeing if we could kind of provide liquidity in this, as you all know, drastically like inefficient marketplace. Uh, so we were looking at order books on centralized exchanges and um, pretty quickly got some traction um, doing kind of market making style um, trading. So we were fully anonymous, just kind of heads down building the tech, um, really interesting problems to solve there. Um, and from CFI, we, or I guess centralized exchanges, uh, we kind of started dabbling in DeFi, um, uh, looking into, you know, is there something we can bring from our knowledge of order books and centralized exchange trading to uh, the role of DeFi, which, you know, has a lot of buzz and hype, uh, at, at least last year. Uh, and we found that, yeah, it was like even more inefficient than, uh, the, than, than the centralized side. Um, and so while, while that's like pretty nice for trading because, you know, inefficiencies mean kind of opportunities, uh, we quickly realized that it was, the space is like in a, in a really interesting spot where like the vision was so cool. Like we were so bought into it after just right after like, you know, hooking up our, MetaMask and making our first trades, we, we saw the potential and we were kind of late to the party, but like from our perspective, it was, it was mind blowing. Um, but on the other hand, uh, the tech was just so behind uh, the counterparts. Uh, we were surprised anyone actually 
used it. There's so much friction to like doing anything, uh, which you kind of take for granted um, with centralized exchanges. Um, so we kind of took this big leap, uh, um, like kind of a pivot, if you will. Like we're, we're pretty used to being like anonymous under the cover, like uh, out of the limelight, just kind of doing our thing. Um, but we decided we we're going to build something in this space because there's so much potential and there's so much need for um, a platform that actually lets people um, trade with the user experience and fees and execution uh, that they want. So let me stop you here. Uh, very interesting. So you guys are, are very heavy, I guess, in the trading space, but pretty new to the crypto space. Would that be a correct assessment? And what was kind of the motivation of doing the jump into the crypto? So you said like you were really um, agreeing or in line with the vision. And, and what, what is that for you? Yeah. So. We've, we've always been fully crypto native, um, but I think your assessment's right, that we, we were kind of later to the DeFi, like fully decentralized, um, kind of cutting edge of crypto technology. We were always just on the centralized exchanges where the, you know, it's a simple API, kind of basically web to um, tech problems to solve. Uh, we've, we've always been kind of watching from the sideline and pretty interested. Like when you're trading on a centralized exchange, you're you, you got to wonder, like, what is this? What is this token I'm trading around? And so we were kind of trying to get knowledge about that. Um, so we've kind of had our eyes on the space for, for this whole time. Um, but yeah, pretty, pretty late to like dabbling and actually building and getting our hands dirty. Um, and as for the vision that excites us, it's really, um, I think the, the FTX implosion probably was the was the like last straw on the camel's back. Um, the just kind of seeing that firsthand and how much damage like one sort of or a couple like misaligned individuals can can kind of cause a ripple effect of all this just just like tragedy kind of throughout the whole space so that really like that was the the sort of defining moment and we we sort of we had we had already been building for a couple months then but it, that was really the call to arms like oh wow like this thing we're building we were kind of playing around with actually has the potential to to be to be the platform that kind of takes the place of these sort of trustless, like they're trusted, like sort of malicious, potentially malicious platforms um, that don't have the user's interests at heart um, and fundamentally like require this degree of trust that uh, that just shouldn't be required. Yeah, that, that makes total sense what you just said. I think we can all agree that uh, the recent collapses of several exchanges, uh, FTX being one of the biggest ones kind of shows us the value of having a decentralized type of exchange. Uh, however, that looks like is, is still unsure or unclear. But after that FTX collapse, I remember, uh, Zuli, correct me if I'm wrong, but many of these DEX tokens started pumping like uh, uh, GMX and so on, right? So kind of, I think everybody agrees with you here that that's the future of crypto trading. Yeah, totally. Um, and we're, our only regret is we didn't start this earlier, uh, but you know, better late than never. And it kind of gives us a nice, nice tailwind to really push through and, and kind of build what we think, what we think is the best solution. Um, and hopefully, hopefully all our users agree. Yeah. Well, let's get to it, right? Like let's dive into Hyperliquid. Um, you guys are probably already familiar with the solutions that exist in the crypto space, uh, I mean, the decentralized options. So what would you say you guys are aiming to do different and how are you guys aiming to differentiate 
from these other solutions that are already live, basically? Yeah, that's a great question. That's actually the question we asked ourselves first when building this platform. So we've kind of been been through all the like sort of proposed solutions that the people have implemented um, out there in DeFi, and it's a really interesting problem space. So we really we really came at it with the with the approach of uh, we kind of know what people want: you know, low latency, high liquidity, low slippage. Uh, these kinds of things that everybody talks about, uh, but we kind of approach it like what. So, so given that these are things that people want, like how could we design a market around that? And so we weren't actually fixated on order books or AMMs or any specific solution. Um, it was really the problems. And um, so we naturally started with kind of the history of how DeFi evolved. And so looking at AM, AMMs first. Um, and I guess there have been a lot of research articles recently about kind of how LPs maybe aren't in the best position, um, at least um, on existing platforms today. Um, and we've kind of always believed this. So it's as, as traders, it's inherently obvious. Like maybe if you just provide some liquidity to, to Uniswap and uh, do this at a large scale, it's pretty easy to see that the that you're kind of just getting arbitraged back and forth by these kind of like other players in the space. And the, the whole model doesn't real isn't really sustainable. Um, I think during a bull market, it's fine with the yield farming, and then all all's all's pretty fun, but. Um, when all those incentives dry up, it, it's not really sustainable. And so um, I, I should have had a link to one of those articles, but um, there, there have been a few on Twitter that have gained a lot of traction recently. So I'm um, definitely worth reading about that. Um, uh, that being said, like AMMs are pretty interesting because they really, they really toe the line on the, um, like optimizing for having something that works uh, when gas is so high and computation is so expensive. Um, and so it's not to say that there's no value there. Like they really bootstrap a lot of liquidity there and that's quite impressive. Um, and then we kind of moved on to more hybrid approaches that are popular today. Uh, so GMX is obviously the most famous one, and there are countless clones of that. Um, and we we played around with those. They're kind of they're hybrid in that like the computation is still pretty uh, straightforward, and you can do it through a smart contract. But then there's this like trusted oracle component that um, aims to to solve this like I guess what Uniswap calls impermanent loss, but really is just LPs losing money um, and um, while it, it's pretty ingenious, but there are kind of two drawbacks. One is, um, as we saw with the, uh, the sort of exploits, um, price manipulation and like Oracle attacks, uh, it's not actually a foolproof design. Like it requires a lot of like fine tuning and kind of arbitrary rules uh, to make sure that bad actors don't exploit the protocol. Um, and on the other hand, it's also quite centralized. So it doesn't actually like, it doesn't actually fulfill the full mission of of DeFi, which is like a permissionless protocol that anybody can trade on that nobody controls. Um, so it's like, we view it as kind of like a bandit solution in between uh, what we're building and, and the old like AMM style. Um, and, and again, I think it's like quite innovative. I don't mean to like say these things provide no value. They're, 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 quite, they're quite ingenious ideas. And, and clearly people get a lot of value from them and use them. Um, and yeah, so we, we just want to set out, like since we're building something from scratch and we know the pain points, like we want to really like build something sustainable long term that uh that that will be that has the potential to be like the ultimate solution. And so that kind of like we kind of went full circle and gravitated back towards order books, which is what um TradFi and centralized exchanges all use. Um and no matter what we what we looked at, we kind of like always went back to this. Like order books really just do it so much better. Um and so we uh kind of took a step back and just said like, 
you know, why don't why don't we just put in the hard work and design the the infrastructure to be able to support uh, order books? Like order books are what people are most used to, and for good reason, right? Like users can see exactly the liquidity they're going to get uh, before they trade. Um, it's it's cheap. The spreads are super tight. People can quote a, lo- a lot of liquidity. Like people are used to doing that. Um, and uh, the latency is low. There's no there are no weird edge cases. No exploits like like that. Um, yeah. So. That's kind of like how we arrived at what we're building, um, which is the which is like a an infrastructure from the ground up built to support a fully decentralized uh, order book solution. All right, that that sounds cool. So you guys are, um, you know, I'm not the DeFi expert here, so Xuli can always back me up. Uh, I'm familiar, you know, with the classic ones. Is your order book using some sort of, um different model than, than I guess the standard order books that we have. I know um, there are order books and I know some people are going with synthetic pairs now, like, like Gaines Network, or um, there's different kind of ideas to, to merge the two. So how does your order book basically differentiates from, you know, the standard order book? Again, kind of like a similar question, but, but asked in a different way. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, so. I guess the the key is that I think the key point is that a lot of people talk about order books, but really, it's quite hard to run a performant order book like fully on chain. And so I think DYDX is the best example here. Um, so they're you know they're a decentralized platform and they claim to have an order book solution. Um, I'm talking about like the, the current live version, not 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 whatever they're building uh, right now. Um, the, the the thing that people use right now though is the order book component is actually just run like a centralized exchange. Um, and the reason is not that they like want to, you know, steal the funds or something. It's like, it's just that that is what you have to do uh, with the tech that exists today. Um, and so they kind of straddle this fine line between like DeFi and, and CeFi. Uh, and I think a lot of sort of clones of DYDX kind of do a similar thing. And so you can kind of frame it as like trustless, like decentralized, matching um like position management margining and maybe order matching um on usually an eth l2 but maybe some other network um but then the order book component where where orders placements and cancels like that's all happens on one server and and that and the key thing here is like that account that that server needs to have like privileged access to the the l2 on which the settlement is happening um and I, this is just if you actually unpack how the tech that's going on here, this is like just not decentralized. And so um, I think a key differentiator of our order book um, uh, with most of against most of these is just that it like the whole order book actually runs on chain. So you could you could inspect like what's going on on our on the blockchain, um, which is built on Tendermint. Uh, and you can see every single action that any user took. Like if I place an order, or cancel an order, like get liquidated. Um, transfer funds like all all of these things happen like actually um on the blockchain and so there's no there's no one computer out there which if that computer were shut down then the whole thing would stop like that just that it, it actually is decentralized very cool yeah that that sounds super exciting and uh totally different than you know what already has been built out i guess um I love it. And uh, you mentioned Tendermint. Uh, you know, we, we are in the cosmos as well, very familiar with Tendermint. So, so, but I remember that the trading competition 
happen on uh, an if testnet, you know. So, so basically, how how is this going to work? It it seemed I I didn't really understand how you guys will be using some of these blockchain tech pieces uh, to build out, you know, your platform. Yeah, that's actually a really good question. So um, during the competition, we were sort of focusing mainly on the UI, like iterating on what traders want, because I think especially in DeFi, there's a focus on the tech, but not on the actual user experience for the end user. Um, makes sense, you know, early days, but we want to build something that people want to use. So that was like our main focus. So we were sort of, we were just trying to like, you know, make the experience as good as possible and hide what's actually going on from the user. Um, focusing more on like, how do I drag and drop my TPSLs on the trading chart to modify the orders and less like, how are the orders actually matched? Uh, but you are, you are right. Like on, during the competition, we were building on Arbitrum. And at that point, we thought uh, that, that that would be what we build on. Um, we were thinking like maybe a hybrid model of like kind of like what DIDX is doing um, or maybe just not even using order books, but using like batch auctions or something on Arbitrum. Um, those are all kind of like in play. Um, but after the competition, we kind of took three weeks to really sit back and evaluate the like infrastructure side. And that's when we arrived at this kind of like current model of building it from scratch on Tendermint uh, from the ground up, basically. Like, given the UX that we want, what kind of infrastructure do we need to support that? And um, so this is actually a relatively recent uh, evolution. But we've been hard at work, and the, the L1 testnet is up and running. And um, I think we've, it's gone past uh, like a simple proof of concept. And we're, we're really happy with how the, um, the current iteration of the tech works and has the potential to both scale um, towards uh, all the users that we want and also um, decentralize towards uh, like the final vision of, of what we want to build. Yeah. So, so basically, you guys are looking to create hyperliquid chain. Is that correct? And that's where the DAP will run? Yes. So the chain will handle the whole decks basically, but we actually, we want to do as little of, uh, of the stack as possible. It's um, like if there were a performant L2 that can handle, you know, hundred thousand orders per second, then we would totally just jump, be all over that and jump on, on board. Uh, but given that we can't, yes, we're building, we're building the hyperliquid chain to be able to support the exchange. Um, however, we are looking into um, making the chain itself, just the component of this kind of omni-chain um, application. Uh, so we don't, we don't want to be the chain that people hold their funds on, that people do arbitrary smart contract interactions on. Like, I think that's like a really big project to build. And like, we don't, we, it's just, it's just not our focus. We want to make it the DEX that is the most performant and user-friendly and, and cheap to use with the best liquidity. And that's it. And so, uh, we're looking into bridging solutions. We're kind of in, uh, early explorations here. Um, so on the test net, we have our own prototype bridge from Arbitrum to the hyperliquid chain. Uh, but ultimately, we do want to partner uh, with some protocol that provides an omni-chain interface so that wherever your funds are, you can use them as collateral on our exchange, do your trading on our exchange, like have the best user experience possible, um, and then have your funds back onto whatever uh, home chain uh, you desire. Okay, yeah, that that's kind of a different approach for from what we're used to, I believe. So basically, as a user, suppose I have some ETH on Arbitrum, I can then um, go in the hyperliquid DEX and then, I don't know, do something with it, sell it, right, for instance. And the back end of that transaction is going through the hyperliquid chain 
and then I get my funds back on Arbitrum, right? Is, is that kind of how it would work? Right. So what you described is a pretty good model for a, like a spot exchange. So right now we're focusing on derivatives. So it's, it's pretty similar, but a little different in that. So what it would probably look like is like you have USDC on Arbitrum. Uh, you bridge it over, which is trustless through, through some omni-chain bridging uh, solution. Um, and then it ends up on the hyperliquid chain. Um, you, you use it as margin for, let's say, like long ETH. Uh, you ride that up a bit, uh, close it out. Now you have your PL and you have more uh, USDC than you began with. Uh, and then you go back through the um, trustless bridging solution uh, off the hyperliquid chain um, back onto Arbitrum uh, or, or whatever chain you want. Um, and so like while, while it's on the hyperliquid chain, it, it, should, it should have the same functionality. It's just like a, um, it's like a mirrored asset, I guess. Uh, but that's really not our focus. Like we don't, we don't really like, we're not trying to build like fancy wallets or anything like that. Uh, it's, it really is just like when the, when the collateral is there and you're trading the positions and margining are on the hyperliquid chain. Uh, it's meant to just be like a, like a professional, uh, really good, like training experience is just like really good. Okay, cool. And um, I guess then the question is, uh, you know, the, the hyperliquid chain, is that going to be managed by you guys? Or will that have like a validator set? How, how do you guys foresee? Will there be governance? Like, because you, you guys are building out a new chain, or you're just using it as a means to an end to handle some of these transactions that are going to pass through the DEX? Uh, so it is it is a standalone chain. So from a technical perspective, it is it is a tenement chain, just like any other, um, you know, for example, like anything built on Cosmos, like Luna, et cetera. Like it's the, the same underpinning um, technology. Uh, think, yeah, the, it, it is sort of a means to an end, but also it is, I guess, like given that we're building it, it, it's, it is built, being built as a fully decentralized uh, chain. So there, like, there will be a token that um, through, through which people um, delegate and uh, I guess, the consensus will happen through proof of stake. And um, yeah, so I, I guess like, yeah, the valid, like there'll also be a validator set. Uh, right now on the testnet, we're running nodes because it's in rapid development. Um, and we'd like to be able to just iterate on the technology as quickly as possible. But ultimately uh, after the mainnet launch, yeah, there'll have to be a validator set. Um, we've, we've looked a little bit into having solutions where we can kind of share another network security. I think these are kind of like open research problems and we, we see a lot of like promising developments um, on, those front, on those fronts. But uh, ultimately, yeah, we kind of have to run it like however, uh, however like uh, the uh, Cosmos chains are, are run usually. So that there's a, always a trade-off, like how do you go, how do you decentralize? How do you pick your validators? How do you sort of like incentivize the ecosystem and community? Um, and those are all things that we're, we're that are on the roadmap and, and looking into like as as we approach uh, the mainnet launch. Okay, yeah, um, uh, understand this concept. I, I don't know if uh, I guess I'll have to do the parallel here, or, or Zuli. I don't know if you're online and you want to ask a question as well. But it's very reminiscent of uh, I don't know if you heard Kujira, which is an uh, order book running on. You know, they have their own chain, and uh, but they don't. You know, I think their vision is slightly different. Um, you guys are really trying to use the chain uh, to process the transaction and kind of the people, the front end for the people will be on a chain that they already know, something like Arbitrum or maybe Ethereum. Um, 
Polygon, whatever, right? Like one of these popular EVMs. Um, so, so, so compared to them where I think they want people to bridge on the chain and that's where they hold their funds most of the time. So I think there's that difference there. Zuli, is that a fair assessment? Yeah, sure. I'll talk on the differences a bit. Um, so Kujira is a full like semi-permissioned chain um, and they're like also building out other apps and like other things that you can build. It's semi-permissioned because anyone can technically build there. You just need to get like a governance vote to actually publish your code on chain. Um, but like anyone can build on Kujira. I think uh, Hyperliquid, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jeff, it's just going to be focused on the DEX itself. The DEX is going to have many features um, that maybe Jeff wants to leak in a few minutes. I won't do that. Um, but like the DEX can have like many different ways of actually interacting with it. Um, but it's highly focused on the DEX itself um, and having just like really fast transactions. I guess a better comparison would maybe be something like Injective um, or another like DEX that, you know, has spent two years in development and hasn't done anything. But that's kind of the promise of just having fast transactions in order books. Um, Hyperliquid guys just kind of look and then built it in a couple months. So I do have to like give them a lot of credit for that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess Kujira, you're actually transferring funds. You're actually using different apps. And I, if anyone used the testnet on Hyperliquid, um, once you like deposit funds, there's no more transactions you have to approve for trading. So you can do a bunch of different interactions with the DEX and you don't have to be like constantly approving on your MetaMask or Kepler wallet or whatever wallet you're using to actually approve all these transactions, which is, arguably a bit of a pain if you're trading, especially if you're doing like high frequency trading or if you're approving, like you want to set up a bunch of stop losses or take profits or whatever, and you have to approve like 20 transactions, it becomes a huge pain. Um, so like Hyperliquid, once you're connected, you got your funds on platform, it's like, it just feels like you're trading on Binance. You don't have to be constantly approving transactions. So that's kind of the bigger difference. Um, I guess, yeah, I don't know if Jeff, you want to add to that or kind of change. Yeah, that's that's a really good description. Yeah, thanks, Julian. Um, uh, yeah, I think I think you, you kind of hit the nail on the head with the with your comparison with Kujira. Um, I think there are a lot of platforms out there which kind of talk about DEXs, like the next generation of DEXs, but really what they're trying to build is a platform for other people to build DEXs on. Um, I think Say Network is another a good example for that. Um, and I think that's that's a really cool vision too. It's just, it's not quite what we're doing. Um, basically, for, for it feels it feels like the, the trade-off is like you can kind of invest in the future of crypto, right? Like if you think crypto is going to be really big in 10 years, then yeah, what you want to be building is kind of like like the AWS or the Google of, of crypto, which is like base layer uh, infrastructure. You know, and Ethereum has like done super good job on there. and and you know, Solana and there's some other like, like really good projects in that space. And so people kind of are like inching towards like building a product, but like still mostly in the camp of like building infrastructure. And we kind of just took it all the way and said like, let's just build the infrastructure and the app and everything as like one unified um, protocol. And so, yeah, like nobody's going to build uh, like, nobody's going to build like a game, like a DeFi game on top of the Hyperliquid network. That's just like not something that we're, that we're like, investing in it all like we're not we're kind of sacrificing this like generality this like developer ecosystem in in place of like just a protocol that works super well um that does 
this thing that we know is really important and like sorely needed in the space, which is like a really performant DEX that people can use uh, and not not really like build something else on that will be the killer app. Um, but so that being said, though, I think Julian hinted at like there will be interesting ways to interact with the hyperliquid chain. Um, and, you know, I don't want to tease too much here since it's still a work in progress, but coming soon. Um, I think there are a lot of a lot of like the appealing nature of the like Dex chain style projects is sort of like these pools or vaults or or um, different ways that maybe you can you can passively earn income or like through some automated strategy that's on chain. Um, so these ideas these ideas are all like really interesting to us, and so we're we're kind of working on a concept around this um, that will kind of let people. Um, kind of gain exposure to all these like interesting ideas without actually being uh like without having to like build another app on top of the hyperliquid chain so there'll be there'll be kind of a, a like native um pool system basically um and it'll be it'll be very powerful um but also like simple and so we're still kind of working on the ui and um ironing out the details there but it, um, it'll come soon to the the test net so uh keep your eyes peeled for that nice um, as Zuli alluded to this, um, you know, some people promise a lot of things and then it takes them a really long time to build it out. H how big is your team? I've seen, I've seen, you know, I've played with the testnet um, and I played, you know, in the trading comp and everything was working super quickly and you guys seem to be involving um, very fast. Things are being shipped out. Wondering, you know, how big is your team? <laughs> Are you guys professional shippers, basically? Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I mean, we, we're pretty low profile. We mainly focus on building. Um, but yeah, we're, we're six um, on the uh, kind of full-time side. Um, so pretty small. Uh, yeah, and, and, and uh, Julian's also, like, helped a lot. Uh, and I guess... So maybe I should count them in, but uh, yeah, we 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 have a lot of we're pretty fortunate to have like you know friends in the in the space who are uh, kind of bullish and uh, um, have really like inspire us. So um, yeah, appreciate all the all the kind words too. Nice, yeah. Um, I like when people ship things; it's good, <laughs> and we'll be looking out for for the test net. So uh, Zillion alluded to some new cool features that you guys are going to be launching can you can you spill a little bit of alpha on what we'll be able to do on the, the newest iteration uh yeah i can i can do that um so the, these the, the things i'm going to say right now are not things that are currently publicly available so uh you know take it with a grain of salt but this is kind of a on the roadmap and when i say roadmap i don't mean like a quarter i mean like hopefully a like a week or two so uh uh Coming soon to theaters near you. Yeah, um, I think your roadmap is very different from other people. Like you, you say you don't want to confirm things that are like two weeks away when there's projects that are shilling things that are like three years out. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know, we, I guess we're uh, bear market vibes, you know, under promise over deliver. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I guess going back to the features, maybe like, uh, maybe an interesting kind of, like like thought experiment or retrospective on like DeFi is I think there's like been this big theme around um I think mainly like Uniswap I think did a super good advertising um sort of public education whatever you want to call it uh with the pools it's like oh yeah um here's this interesting like project or um 
you know, investment strategy or something. Like, let me just like provide some liquidity to that, uh, whatever, like whatever that may mean, right? Like it, it, in terms of like a, like a Uniswap or SushiSwap pool, it means like literally putting some liquidity and letting people trade against it. But maybe in like Yearn, um, maybe it means more like, uh, I, I, I trust this kind of like active management uh, strategy. Let me just like invest some capital there and uh, hopefully profit from the yields. Um, this, this whole idea has gained a lot of traction. It's really cool in DeFi because um, you kind of still you still retain the like fundamental control of the capital. So if, if the your vault kind of goes haywire, you can withdraw, I guess, whatever's left of uh, your money. Or um, in Uniswap, if you notice the like the liquidity rewards aren't as good, but this other pool looks good, you can you can uh, you know take your LP shares, redeem them for the underlying tokens, and then like cash out and go put your money in another pool. And, and this is kind of something you really can't do outside of crypto and, and DeFi. Um, so we think it's like a really exciting opportunity. Uh, and this whole space of ideas, like there are different protocols all kind of doing the same thing. Um, so what we're interested in building right now is, uh, is a way to kind of like have a similar like community owned, uh, yeah, like, like these, these like strategies um, in a very, very vague sense. Uh, but all powered by the hyperliquid chain. So uh, basically, there's a lot of liquidity to interact with and like very low latency. And uh, basically, you have this like really fine control over the the like price and the order book um, on our chain, and it's quite performant. And so um, it allows you to very naturally um, kind of like participate in these like strategies that other, on other chains um, might just be impossible. Uh, so, for example, um, uh, like on GMX, uh, the liquidations um, go towards um, the stakers um, of the token, uh, and an idea like that is really easy to implement um, on Hyperliquid um, through a pool. Um, there would just be a pool running uh, like a liquidation strategy, um, and so anyone can liquidate other users. Uh, it's fully decentralized, it's transparent, so um, that way the protocol doesn't eat the loss, and it's not like some special market maker gets the gets to get all the liquidations it's just it's like fully transparent and out there and anyone can do it and the extreme of this example is like the liquidation pool can even do it and so that way like if somebody thinks all oh, the liquidations there are too many like apes on on our platform getting liquidated left and right like let me let me like kind of provide liquidity to liquidating them uh that's something you can do um through this pool primitive um and it's a pretty simple primitive but it's it's trustless and it uh, is fully flexible. So it's almost like you're programming something on the chain, but it's it's not quite because it's not programming. It's like a uh, it, it is this like strategy pool concept. Um, does that make any sense? I will let Zulian comment on this. Uh, I have to kind of play with it to to fully understand it. <laughs> so yeah I, I guess for normies or just for like people that don't yeah care for to, normies like, Zuli, yeah, for normies, please. so it's essentially you see that someone is doing well and you can either mimic them or you can participate in like communal um actions so whether that's like liquidations but you don't actually want to be like managing it or like setting up what price you want to liquidate or whatever it just there's a bunch of automatic actions that you can kind of deposit into vaults and it will execute on the decks. Um, and yeah, correct me if I'm wrong or if I'm saying too much, Jeff. Um, you can just <laughs> hop in. No, no, all good. That's that's a great description. Um, yeah, it's kind of like a communal, like trustless 
like you still have control of your funds, but the actions maybe um, you just want to like kind of join in on on what's um, on this like profitable set of actions that that you see out there. Um, so it's kind of like kind of like copy trading. Um, if you guys have played around with with that idea, I know there are a lot of projects working on that. Um, but there's I like that. that. That seems something I can get behind, right? Like, uh, I, or, or can you copy counter trade? Is that a thing too? Because I, I definitely have examples of people I'd like to counter trade. <laughs> yeah, like the Jim Cramer of, of crypto. <laughs> we need that. We need that. Um, yeah, yeah. So it, it actually is, I think all of these ideas, like copy trading, copy counter trading, they all kind of fit into this pool idea. Um, this is actually like much... It's it's not quite copy trading. I think it's it's kind of inspired by it. But like one one good example is like something you can do with this pool primitive, which which we're looking forward to to sharing is is like a market making style pool. And so this like that that's something you definitely cannot do on any copy trading platform because market making is such a it's such a high high turnover like high frequency strategy that um, if you were to like literally copy all the trades you would end up with a very different result. Um, I can go into the details of, of that, but uh, I think it's easy to imagine, right? Like you can't have a copy trading platform where there are just like millions of trades going through every second. Like that would just completely like destroy all, all the strategies. Um, and, and, but, but that is something you can do with this like pool kind of like mirroring strategy um, setup. So um, it's, I guess you can think of it as like copy trading, but more powerful. Uh, it can do a lot, like a much bigger subset of, of like, of the strategies you have in mind. And so, yeah, if there's like, if there's like a Jim Cramer on the platform and, and you know, there, you, you really want to counter trade them. Um, I think like anybody can go out and, and create one of these like mirroring strategies that actually just do the opposite thing. Um, and, um, I think it would just totally work, uh, within the, within the like primitive that we're designing. Yeah, we, we definitely could use a, a V, he's a community member, counter-trading pool. I think that would be very lucrative. But moving along <laughs> uh, with difficult questions, if that's good, and, and yeah. speaking of pools, uh, liquidity. I think, you know, for order books, it's always the same question. How are you guys going to get the liquidity um, to make it seamless and to make it all work? Um, being, you know, knowing that there's already a, a few options out there that have a pretty important first mover advantage, I would say. So it, it's uphill battle to get that liquidity. So, so wondering what are your thoughts and how are you guys planning to attract that capital? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. And that, that is often people's first questions. Um, one, one of their first questions. And uh, so this, this pool idea actually segues nicely into this. Like, I think this is like one of our big, um, reasons for building this feature out so early. And I think Julian also like re really was a proponent behind this. So, so thanks to him on that. Um, uh, the, the idea behind the pools, I think is just that like, we, we, we really want to build a platform where the liquidity is, is kind of like community managed as much as possible. Um, so I think GMX did a super good job with this, right? Like when, when someone trades on GMX, they're literally trading against the liquidity that is community owned that, you know, is, is staked behind the platform. Um, and it, it, so kind of like taking inspiration from that. Um, the difference being like, you know, with, with an order book, uh, the, the strategy is a little harder to kind of implement. Um, but, but basically we're going to, we're going to start out with uh, kind of sample, like example to show people like just 
just the potential behind the system, like have a pool. Uh, it does market making. You can kind of see exactly what it's doing. Um, but it's built using this like pool primitive. And so people can invest in it. Um, people can track the performance. Uh, and it'll be like fully transparent and community owned. Um, and sort of like, we hope that like by showcasing this and the, and the power behind um, the protocol, uh, so people will be inspired and kind of like put out their own pools or, or maybe just like, you know, market make on their own. Um, but hopefully, hopefully through the pools and like uh, basically like have a thriving ecosystem of liquidity that way. Um, yeah. Zuli, you got any more? Yeah. You, you got oh, cool. any more comments on this? Uh, yeah, I think it's kind of the, the big chicken and egg situation with most order book exchanges. Um, I know like hyperliquid guys have a lot of experience with market making. So it's like, luckily they kind of have that to like get things started. And then as things grow out, phase into like a more community situation. Um, so it's not like controlled by one, but you can already start with like really nice spread um, overall from the get go. Um, like we are working on a order book decks like round table spaces later, which like a lot of these questions are going to be great to kind of prod at everyone to see how people are going on about solving a lot of these problems in the space. Um, I mean, if you looked at a lot of the like year 2023 forecast and what a lot of investors are looking at it's like everyone wants order books because amms aren't sustainable essentially like you either have to have like really high incentives or you're just losing money on impermanent loss um so market making is what's profitable and that's why there's like so many big market makers on centralized exchanges um i mean unless you're alameda but we don't have to go down that route um <laughs> But yeah, like it's it's something a lot of market makers have been looking for, but it's just we're very early in the space. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of like where it's going on. Like, as long as you have that first market maker to to manage that spread, it's pretty easy to start getting that volume and then growing that out. Yeah, yeah, that's a great answer. And so yeah, we we try not to toot our horns too much on this front, but uh. Yeah, we, we kind of know what it is, the end to end of like what it's like to run a market making strategy that makes money. Uh, we're, you know, we, we never took investor money or anything. So we're not like Alameda. We don't have anybody else's money to, to lose 8 billion of. Uh, but like, uh, but we do know like humbly what it takes to kind of have some capital and quote, large liquidity kind of like with proper risk management so that spreads are tight and, uh, and av average users can come on and and trade with no problem. And so that is like, it's a hard problem, but it's a problem that we kind of know our way around. And so, especially given that like the order book setup is so similar between um, Hyperliquid and centralized exchanges, uh, I think that's gonna be a really strong driver for market makers just coming on and uh, you know, participating. And uh, we're not super concerned. Like I know this is like a non-starter for a lot of projects, but um, like from our end, it's like, we know how to do it. So. Uh, We'll we'll just like show how it's how it's done, and um, through this pool mechanism, I think people will all be able to participate in liquidity. Uh, yeah. So we'll just copy your guys's trades and make money. I like that. <laughs> yep. Well, can't promise on the making money part, you know, but uh, we'll, yeah. we'll do our best. <laughs> Not financial advice. Exactly. Uh, all of it. Cool.
Um, yeah, so it sounds a lot of, a lot of exciting new features, and, and I love how you guys planned it out uh, from the base up to kind of having these new features implemented. Wondering, what are the timelines now? We played on the, the test net, and uh, you, when, are, when is this going to go live, basically? When are people going to be able to make or lose money? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, uh, basically, our, our current plan is we really want to gain, get, give, give this like pool primitive uh, some, some time in, in the sun, kind of like get the feedback there, like see if we can get people excited. So we're planning some kind of test and activities around that. Um, it is this like kind of, we think it's a really promising idea and it's going to, people are going to, it's going to at the same time feel familiar, but also innovative. And so, uh, that's kind of our plan for January, um, along with the like usual, oh, here's a test net, like, please try to break it. And, uh, like, please like expose any bugs before we launch. Uh, so that's kind of like our goal for January. Um, and then looking forward, I think we're, we're looking into a kind of closed alpha mainnet to start. Um, we want to be pretty cautious, um, on, on this front. So, um, currently targeting, uh, February, um, Maybe maybe March if things kind of if things come up, but uh, targeting February, um, and for the closed alpha, it'll basically invite only um, kind of rewarding participants who play around with the testnet and help us out there. Um, but the goal there is just like small size, um, you know, it's real money, but like uh, maybe understand the risks are a little bit higher. Um, uh, on the flip side, like incentivized, um, and uh, yeah, from there I think. We haven't thought too much further, but uh, presumably that goes well, then, then the main launch will come after that. Okay, good. So coming up pretty quickly, um, I guess, you know, key, key, where, where are the people I'm, I'm always going to have to, to show you and, and where can people learn more about uh, Hyperliquid? I know you guys have uh, the Discord and the Twitter page. Is that the best places to learn about you? Cause, cause, uh, and are you guys planning to do more Twitter spaces as well? I know this is kind of the first one to get things uh, going, but uh, will there be more? What's kind of the plan on raising awareness? Or again, we like to use the word chilling, but <laughs> but people learning more about Hyperliquid. <laughs> yeah, super important. It's kind of, we've been pretty light on the marketing because we've just been building, but I think it is coming up. Uh, and you're right, like it's, it's super important. Uh, and so, yeah, thanks again to you guys for, you know, tuning in and listening and, and to Rec Gang for hosting. Um, yeah, we, I mean, we hope to do more of these. Uh, we, we'd love to, like, meet more people in the space and see who we can partner with and, you know, find users who, who would love to use our product. Um, uh, yeah, so I, like you said, the Twitter and Discord are um, definitely our two main public profiles um, right now. And, you know, give us a follow and a like uh, if... Uh, if you haven't already um yeah and like join our discord i think it's you know it's a small budding community but uh we're all pretty pretty friendly and have good fun there uh um i think that's that's about it for now uh, in terms of um shilling us <laughs> <laughs> nice i know that the Xuli is actually uh Xuli, you you have an initiative as well right um not sure what initiative but i'll also also show the the notion the new docs because we worked on that pretty hard <laughs> yes. like that should be linked in the twitter if you guys want to read more on that 
Oh, very nice. And I meant on uh, having maybe some more spaces with different uh, DEXs that exist in the crypto uh, sphere. Right, right. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, so working on doing a collaborative spaces with uh, two other order book exchanges. So uh, probably next week, it's going to be Kujira, um, another one from Cosmos, and then Hubble exchange that's on avalanche and they're actually moving from avalanche mainnet to their own subnet because yeah quarter book exchanges need their own uh subnets type situation so uh yeah working on setting that up we'll be inviting a couple more exchanges so i'm reaching out to dydx and uh say and a couple other ones um just because like um i don't know i believe that the real and only competition is binance um in terms of like exchanges and perps and trading. Um, and just most of DeFi should just be collaborating and kind of sharing, being friendly, so on. So yeah, we're gonna start start with those uh, round tables. Um, so yeah, keep an eye out for that. Uh, I mean, our, our Jeff could attend these, right, as well. I'm kind of plugging him in without your consent, but- Oh I no, yeah, like yeah. It... they're definitely part of it already. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's hyper liquid and everyone else. Yeah, we're super excited to participate and kind of like meet the people in the space and and yeah, like like uh like Julian said, the like the the pie is so big and really it's like finance is has like ninety nine point nine percent of the pie, I think. So uh uh yeah. I think there's like really good conversations and um hopefully we can all kind of like work together. All right. Well, I think, you know, one of the, you know, if you mentioned Binance and this is definitely the next step, step, right? Like three steps, but, but what's the plan if you guys thought of this on how to onboard these Binance folk to decentralized exchanges or, or, or more specifically hyper liquid, right? Like, is there, what's kind of the strategy? I know in the news, people see FTX collapse and they think the whole crypto is a scam, right? Um, or people trading on Binance, they're comfortable. They don't really, you know, they they think CZ, I, I think we all think CZ knows what he's doing or, or we hope that he knows what he's doing. <laughs> so people are comfortable, right? So there's, there isn't that incentive to, to move from a platform like Binance that works pretty well to any of the DEXs where you kind of have to do wallet management and it's just approving uh, transactions. It's kind of annoying, right? Like you, you, you know what I'm talking about. So is there like a general strategy for this? Yeah, I think Julian kind of alluded to this. And one of our core features that we built out really early is on the UI side to not have to approve every single transaction you send. Um, so it is, it's still decentralized in, in that like you have to approve the initial connection you make and it's kind of persists as long as you wanted to but people have the option for the seamless experience from the ui um so i think that part like that that part is is for our platform at least solved um so you can kind of if you wanted to make 100 trades in rapid succession like buy sell buy sell like put your tps cells close the positions like all these things are kind of seamless one click actions and kind of as fast as you can click is, is how fast you can place them. So I think that's gonna, that is like the the number one sticking point for basically everyone we talk to who, who still trades on, like whether it's Binance or another centralized platform. And so hopefully solving that, the, the friction is lower to, to convert users. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it's like, 
people kind of have to realize, they kind of have to like realize on their own that there's, it's just so much better when you have control over your own money. Like, like sort of freedom is, is better. And like FTX, the whole FTX debacle, I think the, the silver lining is like people concretely can see like what happens when you don't. And hopefully like that kind of speaks for itself. But um, I think broadly speaking, like the, like we're building with the anticipation that like the, the sort of, the, the improvement that crypto as a whole, like DeFi as a whole offers is just becomes more and more obvious to people as, as time goes on. And we just want to be there like ready with like, like when you move from Binance to us, it's like, uh, it's, it's not like, it's, it's not like you have to like sacrifice something for this, for this decentralized experience. Like you get the self custody, but other, other than that, like all, all the features, you know, and love, um, are, are still there. Nice. Sounds good. Um, are you okay if we take a few questions from the audience, uh, Jeff, or, or let me know if we're running a little long here because it's been uh, 60 minutes. Um, I'm good to stay on. Yeah. Um, happy to answer any questions. Okay. So I'll open it up to the audience if there are any questions for, for Hyper Liquid and, and Jeff. Um, Zuli, if you have any questions too, you can ask them right now. There's no issues. And I feel like I talked to Jeff um, a lot, so my questions are, um, <laughs> I guess I'll just bring it back to like what I had planned. Um, I don't know, Jeff putting you on the spot, but like, what do you think about like integrating with NFTs? I mean, we've already been collabing with like Rec Gang, but like more integration, DeFi NFTs. Um, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, so I'm definitely an NFT noob. Like, uh. I'm just not, not as plugged into the space. I do think the wolf that they're giving away today or, uh, or auction or sorry, raffling off uh, is, is quite aesthetically cool. Like, I think, you know, you guys have come a long way from crypto punks. Um, so I will, I will say it's, uh, it's, it's quite cool. And I, uh, the owner uh, of that wolf, I'm sure will be very proud. Um, but yeah, as for NFTs, like, um, I don't know, do you have like a specific question or, or just, just kind of like broadly uh, how to in- I don't know. I like is Zuli so is broad, fishing right? for an airdrop, or is he he's fishing for <laughs> um, some sort of discount? If you hold no, no, that, NFT, that's, that's I'm not too sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I'm saying like um, so. I guess integration with NFTs are um, you see stuff like Gains or even GMX. They have like those direct partner NFTs that get whether it's like trading discounts or like referral bonuses, like um, like if you're actually looking to integrate NFTs to be a part of the hyperliquid experience, or are you trying to keep that independent and kind of like a more pure deck situation? Uh, so far it's been, we've, we haven't thought much about this. Um, so that, that's basically my answer. Like may, maybe we should think more about this uh, NFT stuff, but so far the, the plan has been pretty pure DeFi, like we haven't even really been thinking about tokenomics too much. Like while we know that that will be super important and the referrals um, and, and all the like sort of network effect there is really important. Like to us, that's that's like the step before mainnet. And right now it's like building up the core features of the platform, which uh, which is like, like how do we how do we build something that people actually want to use? Um, and um, yeah, so. I guess NFTs didn't play too big of a role on the core functionality, um, but maybe, maybe, uh, maybe we can integrate something. Uh, yeah, I think, I think like the, I think I saw like UIDX had these like hedgies or something, and 
Um, I think I think something something like that to kind of like add some fun and spice to the community could be cool. Yeah. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> there's a chance. Yeah. Never say never. <laughs> but yeah, they do have the hedgies. It's kind of fun. I'll ask. Uh, you know, while we're talking about NFTs, I won't be fishing for an airdrop like Zulian, but I will be asking. You know, um, a lot of people would love to short NFT market <laughs> as a whole, right? And I know there's a there's a, a platform that does do this, uh, Perps platform, and or long. I would long it because it's been doing really well recently, and uh, I would have made some money. So, is there any kind of idea? Again, probably not. But what are your thoughts on having some sort of synthetic um, NFT market cap that could be tradable on Hyperliquid? Uh, yeah, so we're pretty agnostic to um, what specifically gets traded. Like, we just want to be as general and broad of a platform as possible. Um, so right now, it's it's kind of the blue chips, right? It's a test net. So it's uh, we're just kind of trying to demonstrate the functionality. But I think when it comes to, like, actually trading, it's hopefully it can be community-governed community um, kind of set of assets that, like, there's actual interest in trading. So... Yeah, I think NFTs are like totally reasonable. Uh, it's you need kind of like you can't really short a, like one specific NFT, I guess. Like that doesn't really make sense. But yeah, some like you said, some sort of index. Like I don't know, there's like an index. Yeah, like it's, a punk it's floor an index price. of like the top yeah. twenty or ten collections, and they have like deep liquidity, right? Like they're yeah. you know you that's like a five hundred million market cap almost if you count them all in. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And so if uh, basically we. All we need is an oracle um, and and then people willing to trade and provide liquidity around the oracle price. So um, as long as that's out there. So, yeah, with sufficient liquidity, like you said, I think that sort of like blue chip NFT index would would totally satisfy all those criteria. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of kind of some simple governance approval. Like I think the validators and the community need to all kind of agree on what the index is. And then once that happens, uh, you could totally go short, uh, max short or max long these uh, NFT indices on Hyperliquid. Nice. I love it. <laughs> uh, all right. We got two people that have questions. So we'll, we'll get to uh, Liquid Spirit. Go ahead. I think you made a typo in your name. It, you're missing the, the I in, in front. Yeah, I'm not illiquid on <laughs> Twitter. <laughs> Just on the ranking. Yeah. Okay, uh, so my question is just very uh, a very common question I see in DeFi platforms. Will the platform be audited before the launch? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, yes, definitely. Um, I think for now, it's like we're building so much and the code is changing so much day to day. It wouldn't make sense to get an audit too early because, well, if all the code changes, you just need to get the audit again. Um, but certainly before like large scale real money usage, uh, we'd want to get it audited uh, by as much as, by as many different, like sort of people with different expertise, right? Like maybe some people really understand exchanges and order books and some people really understand like building blockchain infrastructure and et cetera. So we would, we would hopefully get like different perspectives um, and all kind of audit it um, from the core node code up to the exchange code. Um, you know, when you're handling real money, it's, you're, you're kind of like not messing around at that point. 
Thanks, Liquid. All right, cool. Yeah. PBR? Oh, did you have another question? Oh, no, no. Okay. PBR, go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, how you doing? Um, you talked about, I don't know, I'm not super technical guy, but you talked about being able to deposit into like vaults basically and someone else is going to be doing our trading for us is that correct yeah it's that's one example um another example is like uh it could be like an automated uh vault but so either somebody or some strategy so who who's in charge of that vault is it like you know somebody that knows their shit like zulian up here or is it just you know whatever <laughs> like me running it <laughs> <laughs> it, <laughs> uh, it it would be it's permissionless so we're not it's not like we're selecting people to run the vaults it's like anybody can kind of build their own track record and um either maybe they have a track record outside already and it's really easy but maybe they need to like trade on hyperliquid themselves and then say like hey guys like look look at my history it's all out there like it's uh like i do so well like i make money every day on every trade like i don't lose then like yeah uh then you can start your own vault so basically like, anybody can do it and it's a uh, People can join whoever they want. Right on. That makes sense. I always hear about people, you know, following wallets, following money, making moves when other people make. I don't. I, I. I don't get into all that stuff. So that definitely makes sense. And then, will the people, the creator of the vault, will they earn um, a percentage of people that join in with them? Is that how that's going to work? Yeah, we're we're still trying to iron out the specific details here, um, but uh, basically, like a PL share kind of um setup is is probably what we're gonna do uh and kind of like trying to figure out if that should be kind of like standardized across all the vaults or kind of like dependent on the vault itself and the exact mechanisms are still kind of up in the air but but yeah the the sort of like we're kind of going for this like more viral effect of like you know if you have a vault and you're like really proud of it and you're earning your followers like a ton of money like yeah you should if this is like your full-time job then then yeah you should be paid to do it and i'm sure your followers are happy too if you're just making the money and they don't have to do anything, right? So, like, there's something there's hopefully like a win-win setup that way. Yeah, for sure, that makes sense to me. I mean, I would expect um, to pay someone else to make me money. <laughs> so, by all <laughs> means, I mean, that's cool. Thank you. If they make yeah. money, if yeah, well, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean. Well, that's kind of the thing here. The idea is to have like very transparent uh, vaults, so. You can actually just view people and kind of see like their PL or profit and loss. So you can see, oh, this guy has made 20% in the past week, or this guy has lost 5% or whatever. So you can kind of keep up with their track record and choose who to follow. Um, yeah, working on like how you manage that risk on like the person running the vault also having some skin in the game, or like just, you know, a 17 year old not being able to get a vault and then getting like, Three million deposited and then like 50xing like i don't know bonk or something so <laughs> there's a lot of that would have paid yeah. out <laughs> yeah i mean i could see it kind of being like you know like the validator their self-delegation they would we would be able to see what kind of money they have in their vault you know themselves and then work off of that though but yeah that, that all makes sense it sounds super cool appreciate it thanks yeah thanks for question Thanks. We got Joseph from Swift Protocol. Go ahead. Joseph. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, I'm really interested by what's going on here, and I just have a few questions uh, that I hope you'll be able to answer. Uh, first question, really, just like sounding. Uh, 
Is the stuff you're building open source? Is part of it open source, or is it completely closed source? Uh, that's a good question. We're definitely planning on open sourcing. Um, currently, it's closed source just because it's well, it's like one is changing so rapidly, and two, it's like it's not audited. Um, it's all kind of like very testnet uh, driven. So for now, it's uh, it's under rapid development. All right, that's great to hear. I mean, my my thoughts on this mainly are just like obviously things get built and they get built fast, and in those situations, it doesn't really make sense to be open source. But if you guys are planning to eventually open source some of the stuff, uh, I'd love to see it. Yeah, it would be really cool. Uh, awesome. Second question. So a lot, there's been like in the past in Cosmos, a lot of people promising order books, right? So order books have been like floated by tens of different projects, Osmosis and all of these other DEXs and AMMs. Uh, how are you guys setting yourselves apart from the competition? Yeah, I think it's, uh, it, it's not a new idea. In fact, it's like one of the oldest cities in finance. So um, it, I think it is hard to execute on just like building the platform. And then it's hard to execute on like the user experience and like interfacing with it uh, in, in a seamless way. That's what like our kind of almost month long competition w was about. Um, and we learned a lot there. Um, and then the thirdly, it's like, it is hard to kind of bootstrap the liquidity um, around it. Um, and I guess for, for uh, kind of fully on-chain order books, there's like, yeah, another step of like integrating it with the limit within the limitations of uh, the blockchain itself. So like a big point there is like throughput and latency. Um, so I think it's, yeah, I don't actually know specifically what happens to all these projects. Like maybe they're, they're all still building it and chugging along just like we are. Maybe, maybe some people kind of were washed out by the bear market or something. Um, we don't focus too much on the competitors, uh, like exactly what, what they're doing, but uh, uh, we do think it's like the ultimate solution. And we're kind of glad that like a lot of people agree with us. Like it's very validating um, to us. And the fact that like a good, on chain, fully on chain decentralized order book solution doesn't exist yet. I think it's just, it's just testament to like how kind of hard of a design problem it is. Like you got to check every single box that I mentioned there. Otherwise, uh, your platform's not going to function. Awesome. And one last question about leverage. So the way traditional uh, trading platforms have handled leverage is through credits, right? So if I have a really good credit score and I have a really high net worth, they'll allow me to take on more and more leverage. Uh, I'm assuming that in this situation, because it's a 100% on-chain solution, uh, leverage will probably be determined by collateral. How are you guys handling that? Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, so I think a lot of protocols got burned by the under-collateralized loans that I'm not getting paid back. Uh, so we're definitely not, we're not really interested in that problem space too much. Um, it's fully collateralized, like you said. And so um, it's kind of how a lot of leverage exchanges handle it. So there'll be uh, you deposit some collateral, then there's some, you can adjust your leverage, whether that's per coin, like the per, per specific contract you're trading or for your portfolio as a whole. These are all options on Hyperliquid. Um, but in, in any case, you kind of lever up uh, your collateral. Like let's, for concreteness, let's say you put $100 in, then you want to buy like $200 worth of ETH, then you're beyond like 2x leverage there. Um, and so you... Uh, yeah, you can just enter the position and it, the, the platform will just let you as long as within your leverage limits. Um, but then when, once you enter the position, you have this um, maintenance margin requirement, uh, which is saying like, uh, if your account value, which is your collateral and plus any unrealized p you have, um, drops below some fraction, then you enter this like liquidatable. Spot. All right. And, and then, then your stuff gets liquidated. Um, 
Exactly. And so like the difference between us though and, and, and like somewhere like Binance is like on Binance, the exchange just does something sketchy or maybe not sketchy, maybe reasonable. Uh, and then you, your money's gone. Um, but in this case, it's like fully transparent. So um, anybody can come in and, and kind of like take over, assume the risk, but also the like remaining buffer that you have on your That's account. awesome. You know what I'm thinking right now is someone might build an app kind of like Hubble on Stargaze where you can see a feed of live liquidations with uh, addresses and maybe ICNS or Stargaze names <laughs> follow, follow yeah, people totally. getting liquidated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that'd be really cool. And it's, it really is all there. So like we have on our site, we have like a bare bones, like Explorer. You can kind of see the, the blocks and transactions streaming in like a little bit too fast, but uh, it's like a live demonstration of the blockchain. And so like somebody could take that info uh, and then just kind of filter it by liquidations and then you'd have a liquidation feed. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. That was pretty much all I wanted to ask. And well, thank you guys and uh, good luck. I'll be keeping up on thank you. Uh, what you guys are doing because this is really cool. You're the first to do it. Thanks. Thanks, Joseph. Thanks for your question. Um, v, we mentioned earlier you weren't there that you would be the perfect candidate for the <laughs> counter trading pool. Um, or I guess what Joseph just mentioned looking at your liquidations on Hubble. So, uh, V, what's your question? Hi, actually. Uh, hi, firstly, hi, hi Jeff. Firstly, uh, my question was actually what Joseph already covered. He, he already asked, is it open source or closed source? So that, that's pretty much covered already. In terms of me being a counter trading against me, you guys, you guys would have actually made a lot of money if you listened to me and uh, you guys... Uh, <laughs> uh sold kuji uh if you sold the utes and bought bonk could have made a lot of money for the dow that's true and shorted sold at like i think you've been 30, calling it for about 30, a year now yeah yeah i've been calling it for a while but yeah we should have shorted kuji too but no joseph stole my question as soon as i saw the bad kid and someone from cosmos coming i was like oh fuck he's gonna steal my question he's gonna definitely ask him about open source or closed source is hyperliquid gonna be in the cosmos or is it on ETH? you missed the the the, the, the ama but but they're they're gonna have hyperliquid chain which is built on tendermint yeah is it going to be ibc enabled oh that's yeah. a good question Yes, that is that is in the works. So currently it's not. Currently it's just standalone Tendermint. But in order to integrate with um, different bridging solutions, uh, I think we'll have to kind of enable IBC. So I mean, uh, it's on honestly, the that would be awesome, right? In that situation, uh, you'd be able to trade pretty much any Cosmos asset over IBC. It would definitely be easier than having to bridge them over to your specific kind of like chain space. Yeah, I think IBC is super cool, and the I think if. If like everyone were on were on different Cosmos chains, I think you wouldn't even need a bridge, right? Uh, but I think I think like our, our goal is really like you know even if you're on Solana or Ethereum that you can still or like Avalanche or, or any of the like L2s like you can, you can all kind of like use Hyperliquid without without figuring out oh like how do I install Kepler and like use that so kind of like really reaching reaching as broad of an audience as possible. I, I mean, there could be a dual um, integration, right? You could have. Uh, support for IBC assets as well as bridged assets from Ethereum or Solana. Yeah, totally. Yeah, there can totally be multiple uh, solutions. So yeah, maybe we'll start with IBC only and then um, bridge out from there. I, I heard that yeah, USDC is also 
um, moving on to Cosmos like relatively soon too. So if they had that, then I think, yeah, we could totally just start that. And another question actually came to my mind, if you don't mind, uh, what assets will you be able to deposit as collateral? Will you be able to deposit assets that don't have a, you know, that aren't stable coins? Uh, we were pretty excited about this initially, but I think this was one of the big downfalls of FTX and certainly the Mango Markets hack. So we've kind of like postponed that stuff for a little bit as we kind of see how the various things play out. I think it's tough to have a like too broad of a collateral base. I think like BTC and ETH, I think are like totally fine as assets, but also like probably not what the vast majority of people want to use as collateral. Like if somebody's asking about crazy collateral, like they probably have some, their favorite coin that they want to deposit. And so, you know, if, once you support one of them, you got to support all of them. And then you open yourself up to all these different risk factors. Yeah. Uh, so currently it's just USDC. Um, but maybe one day when, maybe if like a good platform exists out there that like you can, that they have, they provide the building block to collateralize your assets and then lend out USDC, then you can use that on Hyperliquid. And so we don't have to, we can focus on the DEX part and not the lending part. Yeah, obviously it's just my, my thought would be that if you're going to integrate with, uh, let's say Ethereum, Bitcoin, uh, and the Cosmos ecosystem as a whole, you might maybe want to look into having a singular asset from every ecosystem be supported as collateral. So obviously you'd have ETH, BTC. If you were to integrate with Solana, maybe use Solana as collateral or with the Cosmos ecosystem, something like uh, Osmo or Atom. I mean, in that situation also, uh, you might as well just only use stables as collateral. So I think uh, there's a lot of options for you guys to choose from, and you might make some people mad by choosing very specific options. So good luck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's a very good point. Yes. Yeah, so I think nobody's going to be too mad if we just say, hey, guys, it's USDC only for now. And uh, um, you can always borrow USDC from Aave or something and not sell your coins. So um, hopefully that's, that's enough to get us started. Yeah, a lot of people are going to be a little more double leveraged. Um, yeah, Joseph, it's uh, <laughs> it's all perps as well. So you're not actually trading native assets. Um, it's perp contracts. Um, so you don't actually have to bridge like all these obscure tokens to actually trade them. Um, which makes it easier. You just need good oracles to actually get the price feeds. Um, and then with like adding multi collaterals, a lot of things to consider is that. When you're liquidating people, like often the DGENs that are trading against like Chihuahua or like Doge as collateral are the ones that get liquidated. And the issue is that you end up with a lot of bad debt when you liquidate or you have to liquidate people that have these weird tokens, but no one actually wants to buy those tokens as collateral. So that's why like adding multiple collateral types is like a very tricky issue. Yeah, it's definitely a challenge. I agree with you on that one. Uh, but I guess we'll see what, what happens and uh, what ends up being a relatively okay solution for collateral in the future. Yeah, good questions all around. Uh, Jeff, I think I know we, we, we kept people here for 90 minutes. Let's run the, the trippy giveaway and then we can you know ask more questions or, or continue the spaces if people want to keep chatting so usually how this works is uh just pick a random number and then i'll kind of scroll through on what number that is on my kind of twitter thing here all right wow that's that's a big responsibility um let's see there's 40 people so you can do like random uh twitter picker out of 40 
or a uh, random number generator out of 40. Sorry. Um, I'll be a random number generator. Uh, today's number is number 28. Oh, 28. <laughs> You're making me work. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. Um, I'll just, uh, Zoli, if you can cover the silence while like, uh, while I'm counting. <laughs> you gotta scroll to 28. It's all good. We need to add the, that like, um, what's it called? Uh, game show music as you're counting down to that number. See who gets <laughs> to win. There <laughs> you go. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess uh, we covered a lot today, a lot of different questions. Thanks everyone for joining. Um, do check out the Discord. We're going to be running like some smaller uh, events in the testnet to have people try out different parts of it. So um, definitely join the Discord so you can kind of keep up with all that. Try out the testnet. Um, you can get like $1,000 on fake money, on testnet money. So if you want to just get liquidated in a day, it's actually surprisingly hard to get liquidated right now because there's no volatility. Um, like I tried to get liquidated and it took like four days. Um, <laughs> but if anyone wants to try to get liquidated, I know you guys are experts. Um, so that'd be really cool. Okay. Um, I got a winner. It, it, it took a while. <laughs> I took a few pictures too. So people don't <laughs> think it's a scam. Um, and it's already, somebody's using a, a trippy wolf PFP. So I guess, you know, they more, more wealth to them. Um, <laughs> So Osmansky, um, congratulations! You won the the Trippy Wolf. You were number twenty eight on my uh, on my Twitter space thing. Congratulations, Osmansky! Well played, well played. Well done. Always <laughs> be number twenty eight. Yeah, that was a that was a good number, I think, because it really made me work. But yeah, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, are there, I see, you know, I think a few people that were on the audience. Yeah. So um, I'm not sure there are any more questions. Like I said, uh, in 90 minutes, I think we've had a great spaces, learned a lot about Hyperliquid. Thank you so much, everyone, for attending. Uh, thank you, Jeff, for the Trippy Wolf giveaway. Uh, it's coming from his pocket. So Osmansky, you can thank him. Don't thank us. Uh, and I think he picked something really, really cool as well. So that that's awesome. And, you know, uh, I'm looking forward to hearing more about all the developments that are going to come out. Uh, the roundtable that Xuli is organizing next week, that'll be super interesting. I'm going to plug that in. And uh, yeah, good luck to y'all. I think a lot of people are excited about the project and it's going to be a lot about the delivery at the end of the line. So um, yeah, good luck. It's going to be fun. Thanks again, Alex. It was uh, really nice speaking to you and, and to everyone else. Yeah, thank you, everyone. This is recorded, by the way. So uh, Jeff, if you want to share that, go ahead. Uh, people can listen to the recording. I think we kept it really professional throughout. So it's kind of a good, <laughs> a good starting point to learn about uh, your guys' platform. Thanks again, <laughs> everyone. Good. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was the Hyperliquid AMA hosted by the Wrecked Gang. Decentralized order book built on Tendermint. Recorded on Friday, January 6th, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate.
and show some support. Rolling down the street in my 6 foe. I never had a 6 foe. A kid can wish though. I snapped the wishbone and grabbed a fistful. Chilling with the dopey, this a weed is all I wish for. I'm feeling blissful. I gotta miss this. My ginger always down to ride no matter what the mission. I'm singing this song. Got a couple albums out. We do alright, but it ain't really shit to write home about. Like to feed the fishbowl. Keep my stories mystical. I like my beats boom bap and rap to be lyrical. I'm feeling cynical. Craving a little ritual. Save my place in line while I try to find a miracle. I keep looking and looking and looking, but never find nothing. We've been lied to, thinking this surprise under super secret lies. Motherfucker sneak inside, going dark. Now believe me when I say this shit is do or die. Going dark. Now believe me when I say this shit is do or die. Going dark. Now believe me when I say this shit is do or die. Trenches, trying to stay offensive Trespassing here like this land looks expensive Ain't no time like the present Trying to stake a claim Just make sure your claim stays away from all these other claims We're almost kinda running out of land here Living in the day of the dead and it's damn weird Same teams y'all, we just trying to get a bite to eat A little rest saved up, waiting for my time to sleep Head down, middle fingers up, yo I'm wide awake Never hesitate to stay about a hundred miles away Seven time and space, while I wrecking ball the place I expect you all to play, running marathons today When the... Sick get sicker and the rich get richer It might be about time to rearrange our dinner Fix the system, the shit, it's all nixed Waking up early, gonna suck today's Going dark now, believe me when I say the shit is do or die Going dark now, believe me when I say the shit is do or die totally gonna take care of Angela, man. He's, he's great. He's a wonderful lab partner, so it's gonna be cool. We'll keep an eye on her. Why don't you go fuck yourself, you weird little prick? I'm a teacher, okay? You can't talk to me like that, guy. I'm not a student, so I can say whatever the fuck I want. Tim Spaces.